Welcome to the Debo Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anna Fayubadner. We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you. Today's episode is going to be a discussion about the culture of entitlement. So for those of us that are coming from the Senegambian culture, we have this entitlement which has become a disease. What is entitlement? Basically, entitlement is an attitude that we ascribe to owners or family members who appear to believe that they have the rights to the fruits of production, which extend beyond their contribution to that same production. The entitlement may come from a parent. It can, may come from a sibling. It may come from random family members. Sometimes it can come from your spouse, your children, or even your friends. So someone who is entitled, they kind of like have this continual, continuous attitude of just seeking attention or trying to knock you down to make themselves feel better or sometimes gaslighting you, right? Mm -hmm. um, when they don't get what they want or not knowing how to compromise. And they generally feel like they're better than others because what they want is what they want. So if they have to manipulate you, that's what they're going to have to do. If they have to tell a story, if they have to get creative, sometimes tell a lie, sometimes invent things. The bottom line is they're entitled to what they think is theirs and come hell or high water, they're going to get it. A lot of us are just coming back from vacation um, around this time, Christmas holidays, when everybody goes home in Gambia, we call it semester season. So basically semester season is when all the diaspora just rushes back home. They come and they want to enjoy themselves. They come with their dollars, their foreign currency. They come with their new shoes, their nice fashion, <laughs> the bags. And they want to make an appearances at all the events. Like everybody's got to see me, look at me. So, and most of the time they also come with lots of suitcases. And these suitcases are filled with gifts, not for them but for family mm -hmm. members, because mm -hmm. these family members are expecting you to come with gifts. Lord have mm -hmm. mercy. There's some family members that you can't show up without a gift. They're going to be looking at you like, so mm -hmm. you came all the way from London. So you mm -hmm. came all the way from New York and you came mm -hmm. all the way from Stockholm. Where's mine? Auntie, mm -hmm. where's mine? Give me something. Auntie, give me something. And so many people have that attitude that sometimes going back home can become overwhelming and super expensive when all you want to do is see your family members some sun, run away from the cold weather and just have a good time. So my first question is going to be to you, Almeri. When it comes to entitlement and in the Senegambian context, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that we face? Is it, is it the fact that who are being asked are shy to speak up and say no? Or is it that we're so used to being manipulated that we just figure this is the culture. Let's just go along with it. I think it's both actually. Um, because when I think about it in my own context, it's, it's, it, I've, well, it kind of goes both ways. In some cases it's like, okay, I know them well, I'm not supposed to be giving you money. Um, you're entitled. You feel like you're entitled. You're hustling me. But I'll give it to you anyway because it's kind of like the culture and, you know, I kind of feel bad. Um, and then, you know, vice versa, like the other. So 
But I think what we have is truly, and I've, I've learned since I came back home that, you know, there's certain people that are worthy and certain people that are not. And when I, what I mean by that is like family members, forget like, you know, even like um, friends and so on, but like family members, let's say really close family members, like cousins and so on. I've learned where, you know, you kind of scratch my back and I scratch your back kind of like now, because before it's like, you know, you're constantly taking and taking and taking. And so now I noticed that every, you know, the, for the first, you know, few years that I was coming in, a couple of years I was coming in, every time I come, I'll bring something, whether it's for you, for your child and so on and so forth. And then, you know, it wasn't like when I'm leaving, there's not even a muggy given to me or. Um, you know the groundnut cake or the cherry. I mean, I'm just saying a muggy cube, like just you know, there was nothing. Or yakalma, how about that simple? Or you know, at least just cook a dish and be like, oh, Mary, you know what? Here, I just wanted to bring lunch for you today. Like it doesn't happen. So I know it's like they just takers. And so what I've done now, it's like I'm not. I just don't bring shit for them. And um you know, I kind of hide, you know, in some, some, some sort of way of, so not kind of give them money, but, you know, the entitlement is just here. It's just culturally here. Like when you go visit people, you have to give money, like coming to Gambia, like you said, it's, it's not cheap, you know, especially if you're coming for the semester, like for me now, it's like, they, they're supposed to get used to it. Cause I'm here every other month, but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. in their eyes. You still a semester. You were outside, you're coming in. Um, but you know, the people that haven't been, you know, like a couple of years or three, four, five years, imagine the expectations of coming back home. Like you said, you know, the, mm-hmm. the suitcases and all, and so on. So, yeah, I think both ways. Dr. Nafi. I agree. My question to you guys is whose idea was it to start this culture of giving money to every family member you visit when you great grandparents. Uh, great, 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 great grandparents. Whoever. <laughs> what the hell? Like, it has, honestly, we need to get away from that kind of, of, of culture, culture because it's not healthy. It's not helpful. And what it, what it is is that it, you know, it becomes this stressful ordeal where people are worried about how they are going to get money. It is expensive, first of all, just going, right? And mm-hmm. when you get there, you have to go see a thousand family members most of whom you have no connection with you have you don't talk to them outside of that day you're going to go give them money you they you know you don't talk to them and so this becomes a cycle that every time you come they almost expect it if they hear you're in town and didn't go visit them they're in their feelings they're upset they're calling your parents. What is wrong with, like, what? That is entitlement right there. The fact that you think that when I come to Gambia, I need to come visit you and give you money, which when I do, it becomes more of an obligation, right? Uh, people are not giving it truly because they want to. They're giving it because it's expected of them, right? Right, right. And so sometimes you, you're stressful because you're trying to find out where do I get money from to give to this person? Let me go give the, how much money should I give this person? And then we have this culture of having money. Yeah. So when somebody gives you a certain amount of money, like when I go, I'm always freaking out, asking, 
you know, other people, hey, how much should I give? Because I am almost feeling like I don't want to offend a person that I'm giving a gift to, mm-hmm. right? And so I have to find out how much is, is, is not like an offensive amount to give to somebody. You should be okay with what? $100, you should be fine if that's what the person can afford to give you. Ciao. You know, but, but we have this, I mean, and we're teaching younger people that, honest yeah. to God, this is a true story. A few years ago, I went to Gambia and then I was visiting a family and then one of the little kids, one of the little boys um, that was playing around. So I went to give him money. I gave the kid, I don't remember how much I gave him, I think $100 I gave him or maybe $50. This boy looked at me and gave it back. Oh. (laughs) I was like, what? I mean, can you imagine when we were young, $100 is a lot of money. Back in the day, yes. It's a lot of keva dampas, I think, right? I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I was so shocked that he gave it back to me. And he says, what am I going to do with this? And when he said that, I was like, oh, and then the whole family is laughing. They're like, oh, you have to give him like $500. What kind of culture are we teaching? Right. Right? Because I would never imagine to act like that. If a guest came and gave me any amount of money, I would be just glad to have anything. But Mm -hmm. to, to give it back and have the audacity to give it back, so it then, you know, dawned on me that we are not teaching our children and, uh, you know, our community, our friends and families. It's not a healthy uh, behavior that we teach, this, this entitlement that we have with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that I, I, I completely agree with you guys that it, this whole having to go back home as a semester and then having to go see every family, you should be fine just going to see aunties and uncles, say hi, hug each other chit chat, talk about good times and go home. It doesn't have to be about a financial transaction. Right. But we've Mm -hmm. already, we've now made it into that and it has become more stressful and more than what it needs to be. And when you go visit Auntie Fatu or Auntie, you know, Aisatu and you don't give anything, your name is circulating all around town that you came to visit and you had the audacity to not give anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that entitlement alone we need to talk about that. We need to stop doing that. And the thing is, it all comes down to making, you know, a culture of feeling guilty, a culture of people making us feel guilty for not doing something that we don't have to. Right. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I have, I have learned and trained myself that you're not going to make me feel guilty. So when I go honest to God, if nowadays I avoid, if I'm going to be honest, I avoid going to see family, especially if I, if like, for example, if I'm going to Banjul or let's say I'm going to Bakau and I know that my auntie such and such lives there and I don't have any change, like I'm a widget or I only have like uh-huh. foreign currency. I avoid going to visit her or him because I don't have any cash to give them, which uh-huh. is sad. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't go. I don't go visit because I don't have anything at the moment to give. And mm-hmm. I just think that's just ridiculous, you know? But my questions to you guys is that, do you all think that we are a community of enablers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think one thing is also, let me start with here. The word no. Gambians mm-hmm. are so scared 
of saying no to people because of mm-hmm. reputation damage. Because we're mm-hmm. such a small community and you find that in, in small communities anywhere in the world where what people think of you matters so much because it affects your, your social standing, right? So everybody wants to be the Yoki de Faba. Everybody wants to be the Bahis. So mm-hmm. everyone running after this title to be known as being good, kind, generous, giving to the point where it's a detriment to yourself. It's a mm-hmm. detriment to your financial situation. It's a detriment to your bank account. Sometimes it mm-hmm. comes at the cost of your own family members, as in mm-hmm. your children. Yeah. There are so many people I know growing up that I saw this where people will prioritize giving money to the outsiders than they do giving money in their own home. Listen. Before you can settle the school fees in your house, the breakfast in your house, mm-hmm. the needs of your wife and your children in your house, you would rather take that money and mm-hmm. go and help a colleague, a cousin, an uncle, a relative, or even a neighbor, just so they can continue to say how good you are. So they could praise you and sing about you being the most generous and amazing person in the world while at home, people are hungry. Your kids are not getting the basic things that they need. Your wife is having to go to, to her brothers to ask for money or to friends or is taking out loans at the bank or they're doing these, what everybody does in Gambia, which is the, the overdraft. Kuneka, I'm the overdraft. What the hell is an overdraft? <laughs> Honey, overdraft is when you go to the bank and you take out more than what you have in your account. So now your account balance is in overdraft. Oh, is it a negative? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I figured so, that much, but I didn't know they allowed it here. Right. right. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. When I was working in Gambia, it was like mm-hmm. the common joke. Like everyone's like, ah, man, can boy, man, see overdraft. Man, some t- overdraft. <laughs> like. <laughs> People would rather live oh. in a constant state of negative in their bank accounts than to mm-hmm. say no. We got to mm-hmm. learn to say no. And I have a rule. Before I send money to Gambia, before I send money to my own mother, father, mm-hmm. I first look around and see, does Halima have what she needs? Does Omar mm-hmm. have what she needs? Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. Is our vacation fund fully loaded? Is our trip to for, thanks, for Thanksgiving, are the tickets bought? For our uh, spring break, do we have our... our, our, our a hotel for, for Orlando, all our needs have to be taken care of before I send money to my own father and mother. So colleague, wahuma relative call nanma, your name a hundred dollars. Your name a ticket. semester season address, your name address. Before I cater to your nonsensical needs. <laughs> I just take care of my family. And that's just my rule. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. have a house where, and I'm going to take this back to my childhood a little bit. We, mm-hmm. There was a time my siblings and I used to call our house um, Hotel Fai. That meant mm-hmm. every five family member, a lot of five family members that right. landed in the they would land through our house. Our house was yes. like the airport to our house, right? So it was like the <laughs> position home. <laughs> and and my mom not being Gambian, that was like something that she struggled with because she was trying to set a home space that mm-hmm. was safe for us, where it was just the nuclear family, where mm-hmm. we're able to 
dinner together, we're able to feel safe because also bringing all these different relatives through your house, you don't know what they're going to teach your kids. You don't know what habits they're going to expose them to. You don't know what drugs they're going to expose them to. And we went through that situation of cousins coming through and exposing drugs to my brothers. Not to say that Mm. it was, but these are things that do happen, right? Mm -hmm. So when you say no, you know what? For bonhamga nyakla du gambian tubaple nyom hamunli. But at what point, Gambians, do we say I have to protect my children? I have to protect my marriage. I have to protect my home first before I give to the outside. So I think the question of just saying no, being mm-hmm. comfortable with saying no, and prioritizing yourself, and forget about this this whole like societal and community image of yourself first worry about right. worry about singing your praises how do your kids look at you how does your wife right, look? right? oh mary i'll let uh-huh. you no i mean i think you've you've literally hit the nail right there because that you know that sense of entitlement of like you know okay so let's say you know for for example like you maybe your dad you know came from a family like a large farm family mm-hmm. member, you know from or maybe they're from let's say come from a village like up country and then mm-hmm. he's in the city he's like he the entitlement is or the obligation is really mm-hmm. that he needs to house the rest of the folks right mm-hmm. as they come into the city they stay with with him and so we also had that like you know where you know, family members, my dad's family, most of them are from Senegal, will come to, you know, come to the Gambia and they expect to be housed. Mind you, when we were growing up, uh, you know, it's five of us already, right? So five children. And then yeah. we took in, my cousin grew up with, with us. Um, mm-hmm. Two of my cousins mm-hmm. um, grew, up, grew up with us, even though one would, you know, go back and forth. But, you know, it's five kids. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so every time they come in, you got to squeeze in. I remember vividly, like, one of um, one of my cousins that came from Senegal, we found out later that he had tuberculosis. Oh. And my mom took her out of the house. Like, you can't, like, you can't come in here. I have kids. Mm-hmm. You got TB. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so things like that, that you don't know what you're exposing your children or what you're exposing your family. I just, I just think that if they don't know because maybe culturally it's mm-hmm. different their country or whatever we need to educate them and I think the education is putting those expectations of what you expect as well and telling them it's not only the no but explaining and educating them so for me how I've been doing is like you know the garuale. so I say what I want to say while you're sitting around in through conversation I may be a little bit embarrassed to say if you're old but I'll say, huh, these people, they always come, they beg, they beg, they beg. When I'm leaving, they never call, they never reach out, they never buy me muggy, they never buy me chura gepte, da, 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 da. And you see the eyes kind of wandering around. I was like, they don't even give me a color to pray. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And so I noticed once I started saying that, they'll, ah, mangla defaral chere, oh, mangla defaral maggi, you know, mangla isil maggi, or something like that. So it's, it's you know, you can't just, expect people to constantly give you and then you can't even offer like mm-hmm. a bag of onions like it's just it's it's unbelievable so mm-hmm. i mean th- that's that's one way of like kind of teaching them but then mm-hmm. others it's like just saying no like anna said so i've learned to literally say no or just don't answer my phone 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we have family members, for me especially, I have family members that, you know, I left here very early, um, but, you know, they maybe have lived in Senegal. So I might have met them once in my life. So maybe when I was 12 or 13. But guess what? Now with WhatsApp, Facebook or whatever, they feel like they know me like that. Okay, yes, we're cousins, but far cousins. But I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. Don't call me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if you do, leave me a voice note. Send me pictures of your kids. Let's have a conversation. Let's cultivate the relationship. Right. I don't know you for you to just call or leave me a voice note begging me for money. Like, for me, I'm like, you don't, you don't want me. You don't care about me. All you see is dollar signs. Mm-hmm. You know? So I listen to the voice note and I leave it on red. Like, you, you call again, you do the same thing. You'll get the hint. I'm not doing that. <laughs> You just you know, or you mean, and and the thing is, it's it's right. It's a bad culture because some of these kids that I you know work with, um, at the one boss, it's the same thing. These kids will come into you know the programs. Guess what? They meet me. I'm super nice. Next thing, they're calling me, begging me for money, my mm. school fees, my uniform, my this. Mm. And so I gotta teach them. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I didn't have yeah, this. I, yeah. I'm like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Wait, wait, at least cultivate the relationship. Let me get to know you a little bit more. Let me learn about the situation. Mm-hmm. I had, I think, what, maybe about three weeks ago, one of the kids like, I heard you coming. Can you bring me a cell phone? Oh, oh yeah. Not, not the said, cell phone. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. She said, I like a phone. I said, Lord wow. have mercy. I, I swear, I didn't answer that. I said, you know, I'm going to wait till I see her here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give her a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. A cell phone. Wow. wow. I'm like, who do you think I am? Mother Teresa. Just walking right. around with, with, you know, like whatever right. you want. Mary Poppins here. Mm-hmm. I'll pop mm-hmm. it, you know. So, again, because it's what they've seen. It's this culture. Yeah. It's the culture of begging. You know, uh, yeah. since today, you know, I, was, I went to, um, what is it? Salad or whatever. There's, you know, police, the police stops. They're like, sis, yeah, nice, the police. You know, I'm like, shit. Like, you're constantly begging. Always. I have to constantly. So $100 is here. Every stop, imagine, every stop they ask. So you get another $100 is here, there. So you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. And then um, I stopped by, what is it, a couple, you know, a couple of days ago, I stopped by to get peanuts. Then the lady that's selling peanuts, guess what she asked me? She said, oh, I have a wedding. I would love for you to nyansa or nyansa, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. So what is that? She's like, no, you give me money. Like, lady, mm-hmm. I'm just buying peanuts. I never met you. <laughs> <laughs> So guess what? I'm feeling bad because I'm holding the money. I said, oh, okay, here, you can have the change. So I gave another $100. So it's a culture. You're it's, right. You're so it's, it's right. This, you know it's what I mean? It's a begging culture that we it's have. begging culture. And we think that it's okay. Like that's the, you know what? I don't mean to cut you off, but you're so right. Like that's the part. And sometimes people will say, well, yeah, you know, the people on the street begging you or, you know, or the, the police officer begging you. It's the, it's the poverty that's going on that's causing them to be like that. I say no to that. I push back on that because you know what? I have traveled a lot of countries. I've traveled a lot of poor countries. 
you know, whether it's like South America or other countries. And you know what? They are not, the police is not standing on the street begging. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's a Mm -hmm. mentality that we have. Mm -hmm. Just because Mm -hmm. you're poor does not mean you need to be on the street just begging loud. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Mm willy-nilly. And the thing is, I think for me, um, it's the entitlement part that bugs me the most, you know? Mm -hmm. Generally, I I like to think that I am a very giving person. I love to do for my family and friends without them having to ask me. I will do for you, okay? And if you need something, let's say if I have a friend or a family or somebody who is in trouble or they need something and they called me and they've never done that before and they called me and asked me for something, I will do it for you. No problems, no questions asked. What I have a problem with is when people start to become freeloaders. Exactly. Where it, it becomes a repetitive thing where you think now you're entitled to me always doing for you. Why? Because, you know what I mean? So my question to you guys becomes, um, do we owe people anything simply because we're related to them? I say hell no to that. I'm a second. I don't think hell no to that as well. I don't <laughs> think we owe people anything simply because we're related. Absolutely and, not. Exactly. And, and for me, I have to say this: like I, 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 I noticed, you know, taking this back to when I was a child as well. I know you guys talked a little bit about how you know both your families, your parents, like would house you know, extended family members. So that's a norm to see in Gambian society. And in my own household, so my dad and mom lived in what you would say in the city, right? And so people in the villages, you know, like from their extended family members, cousins, uncles, everybody now feels they need to come and stay with you because you're the one who made it or you're the one who is, you know, financially stable or well off or whatnot. And so in my childhood, I have, my dad has taken care of a lot of his relatives. In fact, a lot of his brothers and so like a lot of my uncles have lived in my house for almost 30 years. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I understand you need a leg up. You need to, you know, crash with me for a couple of years to get your stuff together. But once you get a job, And then you decide to get married and then you bring your family to this house that you are living in and you start having children and you're still living in somebody's house. And this is like, we look at these things as if they're normal and they're okay. And obviously growing up as a child, it looked normal to me. You know what I mean? Having my extended family all live there for such a long period of time. And, but then, as an adult now, and I reflect back on some of that, I see how it has weighed down on my parents. They, um, you know, my parents, they're both passed away right now. So they probably wouldn't even want me to say that, but I have seen what it has done to them. It's very stressful having to take care of not just your children, but Mm -hmm. you have, you're now responsible for an entire, not like, you know, couple brothers and their whole families. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. for me, it's the mentality of just the thing, you know, that bothers me. You know what I mean? In most mm-hmm. cases, most people won't chip in, you know, in our community. And, 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 and we have this thing where, you know, 
we encourage people to get married. People that we know don't have jobs. They are not responsible. But we encourage them and they don't have a place to live. So that means that they are staying with an, an extended family member. But yeah. because he has come of age, he's in his 20s or 30s, we force them to get married and they find a wife. And within one year, their wife's pregnant. They have a kid. And now we're basically, you know, they have become a burden to society or family. Mm-hmm. Because not only is the extended person taking care of you, now you were forced to go get married. And now you and your wife and now your child is being fed by this person. Mm-hmm. And people like I, you know, we joke about it. My sisters and I joke about it now. But we had this one uncle. He's like from the village or whatnot, but he knew my mom. So he would always tell us that he's my mom's cousin. He would Mm -hmm. come over there. This man was at our house on the daily, chilling, hanging out on our, when my mom and dad are out at work, trying to make a living, this man was just chilling at our house, drinking Coke with his leg on the table. And so we, and then we come to find out he has two wives. He has two sets of families, but he has no job for as long as I have known him my entire life. We need to speak on that. Who is taking care of his family? Your parents? That's That's what I was going to say. You are. (laughs) The extended families are taking care of of people. And, And I mean, first of all, you have no business marrying two women if you don't even have a job. Let's be honest. No one. Okay. You don't, exactly. You don't have any business marrying one, let alone two. Mm -hmm. And then now Mm -hmm. you have two sets of kids that needs to be taken care of. And what you do is that if we're going to be honest, we're now in the business of that we're financially responsible for them. Let's speak on it. That's how it is. So everybody's like, oh, I'm going to name you my child. I'm going to name you my child. So they get you got something. Yep. Let's be truthful. It's because they feel that you have something they can benefit from. Therefore, they name their child after you. And now you are financially solely responsible for that child. Right. My mom has bajillion million namesakes in Seracunda. I'm not kidding. (laughs) People name their child after her. And then you would see that during um, Tobaski or Eid, when Uh Eid comes. Kids are coming in and out, in and out. Toma, the emergency salibo. Toma, aumambubijuli. Toma, I mean, come on. Like, this is our culture, and I doubt that it's different now. It's not different. I mean, I'm currently here, and as I tell you, as I'm speaking to you, I literally came today from a situation like that where people are expecting. For me, what pisses me off, especially... Forget Christmas and everything. What really pisses me off is around Eid time, like Korite, Tobaski, Ramadan season, where they're telling you they're entitled for the Sukurindogo, which is you send like sugar and oil and whatever the money so they can buy that. And then when Tobaski comes, they call you, they tell you the kids need new outfits and they need to buy this sheep. And I constantly tell them, I don't even have a sheep. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I'm not like, you know, we're talking like this, like we had this conversation like a couple of months ago in Switzerland and, and this guy was like, you know, Mandamanyo raging. <laughs> that thing just killed me. I was like, oh no, my God. Raging. I have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
that just kills me because I couldn't. I'm like, Jen, what the hell? I never thought of it because I'm thinking, no, I got it's chicken. something. It's but something. you know, like you know, sometimes <laughs> I can't go because you know when I lived in North Carolina, you have to go to like another neighboring town to mm-hmm. get like the sheep and. You know, Malik's like, I, I, I ain't doing that. Like, if we can't find the meat in the, in the grocery store, we'll eat whatever, right? You yeah. Know? So we have to tell him, like, I don't even have that. And I don't remember the last time I made new outfits for me. Like, I just wear what I got to go pray. And yeah. then I go home, my kids, like, if they have dresses, they wear that. Like, you know, so, you know, we were just, I was just thinking about that and just how entitled these, and th- these kids, let me tell you now, another thing is, culturally here you know back in the day we have one outfit for tobuski right mm-hmm. you wear it you go to pray you come back you change a little mm-hmm. bit you know mm-hmm. to clean around the house and then you wear it right back out and you yeah. go well now you have to have a european outfit and an african outfit that's the culture now right Good. so you wear your thing 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 whatever your african outfit and you hang around and then on the afternoon you mm-hmm. wear the european that's what you wear to go out Mm, so i'm like they beg you for two outfits oh my god i've just i've just had it this past three years because i'm just like my kids don't have that yeah my kids are wearing whatever they had and they don't care like why do you guys feel like you have to buy new outfits when you don't have the money you know you gotta beg it's like uniforms right you Mm -hmm. have to beg to get new uniforms but you don't need new uniforms. My own kids, I don't buy new uniforms every year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, does it still fit? Good. Yeah, wear them again <laughs> this year. Because you don't need your uniforms. Yeah. They're expensive. But every year you got to get, and not only, at least you could be like, oh, let me just get one new uniform. No, you got to sew five. Who's buying yeah. it? We call are. Us auntie, call us auntie. Yes. We are. And you're teaching the children to have again like we said this culture of begging you know what i mean having to ask people jindal mali jindal mali if you for me i always say to my family that my sisters especially when they say to me hey do you know such and such person i say yeah oh can you ask him for this favor i said that's a hell to the no i hate asking for favors i and and the worst one is if i have not talked to you in years the first time I'm talking to you now is definitely not going to be, hey, can you do this for me? No, just like you said, talk to them, find out how they're doing, cultivate a relationship before you ask for something. You know what I mean? But this begging, begging culture that we have, oh my gosh, guys. I And, and girl, I am sick and tired of calls. Gamo jotna. Ngente jotna. Taka jotna. Kulio sita. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. People are always begging and you are constantly in this mindset. Uh, you know, you're feeling like, ah, I feel so obligated. Let me give to this one person. And then the next person hears me. You gave this person some money and then they also call you. They want some money. I, I don't understand how it's for me. It's like a, it's like a cycle. And, and there's this, you know, there's this like psychological manipulation that, that goes on where people make you feel bad when you finally decide to say, you know what, I'm going to put my foot down and it's a no for me. 
You know what I mean? I'm not going to do it anymore. Then you, you know, you, 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 you get subjected to this, you know, psychological manipulation or, you know, they make you feel bad that, oh, you know, why can't you do it? This is what we know. It's our culture. We're supposed to be giving to people. Yes, I agree. We're supposed to be giving to people, but there is a limit. I don't like being taken advantage of. And that's all okay. I'm saying, you know? And when it comes to Dr. Nafi, the psychological manipulation, we I think we would be remiss if we don't discuss how a lot of family members, and I know it sounds like, oh, here are these three very privileged, educated Gambian women who live in the diaspora. They're making all their millions of dollars and they're sitting on this podcast talking about how we shouldn't beg. They're sitting on this podcast telling us that we should not be entitled. So it looks like, you know, we're talking down to people, but that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is shining light on what is clearly a Mm -hmm. huge issue in our culture. Mm -hmm. Of course, when white people or foreigners or Westerners visit Africa for the first time, they're often so surprised or shocked at the large number of beggars in the street. But Mm -hmm. that's what they those of us that are from those communities, we get to deal with a different kind of begging. There's different forms of begging and it has turned into this phenomenon of concern, especially mm-hmm. once you step out of it. Of course, when you're in it, it's hard to see it because you can't, mm-hmm. be, you can't be objective because you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Why? So once you leave, then you're mm-hmm. able to see and have a different perspective. So mm-hmm. you have the beggars who are begging outside where everyone can see them. And those right. are the ones that the foreigners see. Yeah. What we're talking about is the different forms of begging. Those <laughs> that are begging, we have to bring mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. understand where we're coming from. We're talking mm-hmm. about the, the sisters that are having to go and beg their brothers and their friends because their husbands are not taking care of responsibilities at home. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mm-hmm. the young ladies who are taught to beg their boyfriends, even before they make them wife, to get money so that you can bring it back home. That's what they call it. Thank you, our Mary, for giving me the actual term. (laughs) (laughs) We are teaching our daughters to If we're going to be honest, let's just clearly put it out there. We are teaching our daughters to And Maran is almost a form of prostitution because what mm-hmm. do you think these girls are having to go through to bring mm-hmm. back home the kind mm-hmm. of money they're bringing home they of mm-hmm. course they're giving oral sex of course they're giving intercourse of course they're giving these men whatever they ask for just so they can bring this money home and most of you mothers you're aware and you don't care instead mm-hmm. of putting responsibility on your husbands you're now putting it on your grown children who ah legi makanga Mm-hmm. So when they don't find husbands and you're like, ah, Kentakagula, because you have taught her to go from house to house, maraning. Now it's time for her to get married. Nobody wants to marry her because she has a reputation. She is yes. out there using her vagina to bring the past mm-hmm. in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just turn baran into a, a verb and said maraning? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Maran to bring in uh, Eid outfits. 
They're going to Maran to make sure that there's sheep in the house to kill. Mm -hmm. And then this segues perfectly into Dr. Nafi, what you brought up, which is the mental and, and, mm -hmm. and emotional manipulation mm -hmm. of gas. Mm -hmm. Most mm -hmm. of these mothers are gaslighting. What gaslighting is, is a form of emotional abuse, whether it's coming yeah. from your, your husband, your parent, your sibling, where it makes you doubt yourself or question your account of an incident. So mm -hmm. what basically gaslighting does that it can come from either, even a romantic partner. Sometimes it can come from your boss, but mm -hmm. it is, it, it is done to gain power over you and right. avoid responsibility for the abuse that is being inflicted. So when you come and you tell your mom, I don't want to do this anymore. What is your mom going to do? Now she's going to fall out on the floor and start crying. There's that emotional abuse and making you feel guilty and making you feel like it's your responsibility and you don't have a choice in the matter to say no. Mm -hmm. Then they will go even back to your childhood and tell you when you were a child, you were sickly. I will put you on my back and run to the hospital. I will sit <laughs> by your bed like you guys. These mothers out there that are doing this, they have this mm -hmm. gas, it has to stop. And for the young girls who are feeling like they don't have a choice in the matter, they have to subject themselves to some of the most on ghastly, most disgusting men just yeah. because they need the money to bring home so mommy yeah. and daddy can be proud. And guess what? Daddy, you fucking know what's going on. So don't sit there and act like you're blind to it. You know you didn't mm -hmm. bring her into this house. So how is her here? You know you didn't <laughs> give your wife money for the pants. So how are you eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Oh, Lord. The parents are aware. Did it? Speak on it. Yeah, I can't with you too. I have never even heard that. You know, it's true. So, so you as as the victim in in this case, which is the children. You start questioning if your feelings are justified because mm -hmm. your parents gaslighting you. You second guess your own recollection of past events. You're like, well, I don't remember my mom ever having to this, that, and the third. You know, mm -hmm. you find yourself apologizing for mm -hmm. being asked to do the most insidious mm -hmm. things that you, in your own right mind, if you're given the choice, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So don't because wow, what we're doing mm -hmm. is talking about topics that we need to discuss openly so that mm -hmm. we can fix them. And for the young girls that are in these positions, they can see themselves and know that, no, you're not crazy, sweetie. You're not losing your mind. This mm -hmm. is actually what's going on. You are being gaslit by your own mom, sometimes by your own dad or your older sister who's like, now is your turn. Or no. your auntie mm -hmm. that you live with. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah no no I totally agree and I agree with you I'm glad that you clarified it because again you know when we do these topics always we're always trying to shine light on cultural issues that we are dealing with as a society 
And if we must be honest, we need to go there and talk about things that we all witness as things that we saw. And just because something is our culture doesn't mean it's okay. We can learn to do better and then do better. You know what I mean? We can learn to know better so that we do Mm -hmm. better. And so when we talk about these things, the, you know, these things, it's pretty much just to say, hey, the culture of entitlement and begging, what do we think about that? And again, like mm-hmm. you, 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 you know, you eloquently said, uh, Anna, we're not talking about beggars on the street. You know what I mean? Like those, that's mm-hmm. a different type of thing we're talking about. And when we see people on the streets, they're begging. If you can give them a dollar, whatever, you give them a dollar and you move on. That's not what we're saying. We're talking about people that are taking advantage of friends and family. Like mm-hmm. something that is consistent and it happens all the time and we're using and just being freeloaders and sucking off of our family members. That's what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And it is in every family because this is a strong family can relate to, right? So you're either mm-hmm. the freeloader or you're the one being taken advantage of once you listen mm-hmm. to this. And the father that's what it is. When you listen to this, you're either the one who's been taken advantage of and you're sick of it, or you're the one who's the freeloader and always begging. Right. And based on who, what, what perspective you're looking and listening to this um, topic on, you may either relate or you may feel offended. But that's okay. We mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Some people will get offended. It's a conversation we have to have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and it's just, you know, it's not a healthy thing to have. And so, oh my gosh. And by the way, this is the funniest thing I, before I forget. So there's actually just talking about, about this, where you have to put your foot down. And I had never thought my dad would do this. One time when we were kids, there was a guy who came from some village and he said to my dad, you know, I'm visiting you. Um, I used to, my dad used to be your dad's like goatsman or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so Mm -hmm. your dad used to take care of my dad. So naturally, it's now your duty to take care of Mm me. What what kind of belief system is Mm -hmm. that? And so he came from some village, stayed at our house for three weeks straight. He was fed. He ate whatever. And when he was leaving, my dad, you know, my mom bought him gifts for his wife like you know clothes and Mm -hmm. my dad gave him money and whatnot you know and so he went back two weeks later this guy returned Mm. (laughs) i can't can't make this shit no he returned and and listen he returned with his wife and children oh hell no he -uh. came alone he came alone for three weeks and after, because of how well he was received and all the stuff he was given, the gifts, he went back and probably said to his family, yo, 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 <laughs> let's go down to the city. <laughs> like, like, let's go. I got, I yo. got me a, a, you know, a rich uncle or whatever it is. Right. And so he brought his whole family. I swear, when, 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 my, when my mom saw them, my mom was like, oh, hell, your dad's going to blow a gasket today. Mm-hmm. And so my mom just said to them, okay, just wait here. You know, my husband's going to be home later. You know, my mom's like, I'll let your dad deal with it. You know, I'll give mm-hmm. him water. I'll give him lunch. And they can just relax right there. So my dad came home. And then when he saw these, like this family sitting there, he recognized the man. 
and the man the man was just like oh hey cse how are you you know da, 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 da. this is my you know this is my wife and and these are my kids you know we just came to visit again my dad lost his mind he was just like i'm sorry didn't i just say goodbye to you last night didn't i just give you <laughs> pretty much my like, nah, dad was like everybody mm-hmm. my dad pretty much said uh rare boom la fifa kadal that's all i can say <laughs> you know that's good <laughs> stories <laughs> like this because it's yeah. necessary for people to uh, know that you can actually send people away and it yeah. doesn't mean you're going to hell it doesn't mean you're mean or you're rude my dad said anyen fi bahna no pale kulentu ti be be nadi wacha rer bum la fi feka my dad went and he walked <laughs> right that. into the house ah. and my mom was dying of shame you know she's you know the women are always the bashful ones my mom was yeah. like hey you know not that harsh my dad's like i promise they better not be here so my dad who said julie tim is they best not be here they got to go they got to go he listen not can you imagine that Nafi, this this also makes me um oh. uh, reminds me of um something my mom started doing because of course you know we called our house um Hotel Fayen because we <laughs> land at the Dallas International Airport in in Kenya <laughs> and transition to our house while you figure out where you're gonna go next and what yep. you're gonna do. So my mom <laughs> decided to come up with because Gambians don't like to be questioned. They're very prideful and right. then Boba, right? right. So mm-hmm. my mom right. Started, mm-hmm. If you come to our house after three weeks, the third week, mm-hmm. she calls to the dining table and she mm-hmm. says, what are your plans? <laughs> <laughs> Every single time she called any relative and said, what are your plans? They started crying. My mom is like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. They just start busting out in tears, crying, and my mom is like, "Did it? Did it? Did it?" And they mm-hmm. sound like all of them. Mm-hmm. joy, I'm just asking, what are your plans? Because you have to have a plan to get out of my house. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Second period. What? What's your next move, sis? because this ain't it like you. You can't be here indefinitely. Like no. you just can't. So, yeah. you know, so go to say new call. Wow, Jabari sitting there for button. Wow, go for them wreck. No palusa. No palukunga. Get that be them now. Journal and journal rare. Journal and decky. Munga them towels you ate. Room so that you can be comfortable. Yeah. For real. Oh, it's 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 it look it's a lot because yeah. you see I'm just you know as you guys like I'm thinking that family member and the other mm-hmm. family member and then another family member like mm-hmm. I can I can write like a lo- long list yeah. and during holiday season back in the day when I was in high school every holiday we had somebody that come or mm-hmm. two you summer know holiday. kids and then yeah summer holiday and then when mm-hmm. they leaving you have buy uniforms backpack yeah. socks whatever mm-hmm. and. You know, you have to think about these things that you're putting a burden on somebody else. It's yeah. not fair. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. brought those kids into this life. You take care of your children. Yeah. And so, you know, Straight when up. Anna said three weeks, I'm thinking my mom. My mom probably asking you the second day. Like, <laughs> <look>. <laughs> Why <laughs> did it? Because I was laughing. Like the second day is like, okay, wait, when are you leaving now? 
<laughs> you know, my mom is white, white. And she would straight up ask you, when are you leaving? And I remember as a child, I just wanted to crawl underneath and just die. Like, Aww. when are you leaving? What are you here yeah. for? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. wh- where am I going to put you? Have you seen my kids? I got five. Where are you going to sleep? It's either Listen. I give my bed. Who's going to give their bed? <laughs> oh, I used to hate that. Yeah. Give up our beds for all the, exactly. the guests who? that come indefinitely. Yes. Let me yeah. tell you, I went and, and this is like, okay, I just got to throw this in. I went to, I'm not going to name names, but I went mm-hmm. to a family member's house. I'll never mm-hmm. forget this. In America, I won't even name the state because the person might know. Mm-hmm. And when I, <laughs> when I visited, that person's mother-in-law was visiting. Mm-hmm. And she's from the village village now. Mm-hmm. So she would just, you know, how they spit like the things mm. that going right in between the teeth and the carpet mm. and the carpet girl mm. I was like did you just spit this is not the village don't bully boop you can't boob a carpet what you doing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and these are the things you are going to be having if you you know open your house mm-hmm. to different types of people now I'm not mm-hmm. saying but you gotta educate them you mm-hmm. have to educate them when they come in the city you got to educate if your mom's for the village and you're taking her somewhere, you got to educate her. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that, oh, you can't say anything or I don't want to hurt their feelings. I won't tell them to take their shoes off. In my house, when you walk in, you take you better take your shoes off. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are or you don't mm-hmm. get in. I would be like, uh, it's, you know, it's the president. No, you take your shoes off. Those are my mm-hmm. rules and you take mm-hmm. it off. So it's the same thing. But when you have guests, you always have to bend certain things just to allow yeah. them. And yeah. I just don't, again, that's just, for me, it's another form of entitlement, obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's fair. And what we have in our culture, like, look, I'm all forgiving. I'm the most giving person. And I know that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I like to give when people don't expect it. That's yeah. actually my favorite. My, me too. When I come to Gambia, you come to visit. Yeah. You know, when, I'm, when you're leaving, you didn't ask for anything. And I know, or you probably came and you probably cooked a nice dish yeah. for me. Like, I know you hear, da, 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 da. Honey, I'm going to empty my pocket for you. Right. Or you give me a call sometimes. I'm there, like, all I'm doing is just checking on you and the kids. I hope you guys are okay. Right. Now I'm leaving. All of a sudden, you bring me cherry. You right. know, you know my weak spots. You bring muggy. You bring my tuna. Get there. <laughs> like, I'm like, muggy, look, like- honey. <laughs> uh, this is muggy. I love my muggy, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you bring me muggy. I don't like Jimbo. But, you know, so <laughs> bring me muggy cubes. I'm like, ah. This one is nice because I don't like to go mm. to the market. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, she brought me muggy. Guess what? When I'm coming back, I'll bring some chocolate or something. But all you want to do is just keep receiving from me and receiving yeah. from me. Yeah. So if I've given you a couple times and I don't get a muggy back, trust me, you ain't getting no chocolate back. No, 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 ma'am. No, sir. You know what, our Mary, our Mary, the worst part about it all is regardless of how they were received by your, by your mom, my mom, um, Dr. Nafi, your dad, mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they never mm-hmm. have anything nice to say. People will Absolutely. stay at their house for two days, for three weeks, for five months. When they mm-hmm. leave, wow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you can never satisfy them. They will mm-hmm. never be content. Mm-hmm. It will still mm-hmm. not be enough. So that's mm-hmm. why we have to understand that 
their entitlement is based on something that's unrealistic and you're not going to be able to feed the beast. So you mm -hmm. have to have your boundaries and limitations Absolutely. and then have your rule. Before I give to the outsider, first, I make sure my family's taken care of. Rule number mm -hmm. one, that's the Butner rule. Much less give me a gift to bring back. Never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that's all we're saying. Let's be more mindful and not always be takers and freeloaders. That's all we're saying. Mm -hmm. And I'll hand it over to you, Anna. So my my takeaway is this. I'm just going to give you the tips that I use. Feel free to use it. It might work for you. It might not. The first one is use wish fulfillment to set your limits. What does that mean? It means before you from the outsider, first look inward. Do, are my wishes fulfilled? Are my children's wishes fulfilled? Yes? Okay. And is it there? Do you have it? Then you can mm-hmm. give. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm-hmm. when it comes to guilt, I want you to take the guilt and shove it and put it in the trash. Mm-hmm. It's not yours. You right. have mm-hmm. to prioritize yourself so that you can get to a point where you're standing and then you can give even more. Because mm-hmm. if you're crawling, how can you help another person who's crawling? Then we'll never get out of the cycle of poverty. So right. if you want to be the one to break the cycle of poverty in your family, you have to prioritize yourself and your needs. You mm-hmm. can be compassionate, number mm-hmm. three. But once mm-hmm. you hit compassion fatigue, just know that it's time for you to tap out. You right. can only yeah. listen to Absolutely. so many. My son is in the hospital. My wife lost a finger. My uncle <laughs> car is not working. My I'm constipated. I haven't pooped for 10 days because people will bring you the craziest stories just to, just to play with your emotions. So when mm-hmm. you feel that you've hit compassion fatigue, just mm-hmm. stop picking up the calls, stop responding to the text messages and go inward and give yourself some love. You need a break. You're human absolutely. and it's mm-hmm. absolutely okay for you yeah. to take a break. Lastly, oh, I'm going to say, last thing is remember there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. That you cannot take care of every single member of your family, your friends. I understand that, but you can't take care of everybody. You can only do so much. Mm-hmm. That's it. I pass it on to you, our Mary. Well, Girls, I, I think you guys covered it all, really, to be honest. <laughs> I was just going to say, just stop taking all the time. At least drop drop a little bit of, you know, crumb sometimes on this on this end. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there was one time I that I, you know, as you guys were speaking, I kept thinking about it. I remember having a conversation with a group of friends. And they said, it's because, well, you know, we feel like you guys have everything. So, you know, anything we want to do happening for that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we just think that you guys won't, won't feel like you'll, you'll even eat it. I feel like I have to buy steak or chicken. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, most of us, that's what we eat every day. So mm-hmm. guess what? We appreciate the fish or mm-hmm. whatever else you got. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Rui you made me because mm-hmm. I haven't had that in a long time mm-hmm. or panke to do because mm-hmm. that's not what I eat. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we appreciate the little things. Mm-hmm more than you actually think so mm-hmm. you know and i understand like sometimes you you know you might not know what to bring but for mm-hmm. me it's like if you don't know so much mm-hmm. cultivate the relationship mm-hmm. get there but don't just meet me and just shoot i just mm-hmm. feel like you know you just it, it just turns me off it mm-hmm. turns me off you know so and i think we've we've covered it really well and i hope that people won't take it like oh my god mm-hmm. these are three mean horrible tobabo <laughs> kind of you know it's not like that oh did you say tobabo i hey i'm on fleek right now girl you wait till i throw that that uh the the fuller share please wait till next time honey <laughs> so you know all of that you know because you know i think i i throw it down 
you wait till you have some chody. You know, what? chody is leftover change, and we'll. You guys don't even know. Wait till I drop some gems over here from from this local languages. But anyway, so again, <laughs> you just want to make sure that you have enough. And like Anna said, I'm hundred percent behind that. You gotta make mm-hmm. sure that you've looked inwards, that you mm-hmm. fulfill all of that before you can share, because. You know, uh, you know, I learned a new word at Adjikumbas has like Jenna points, but you know, there's some Jenna points. You got to bring the Jenna points at home first before mm-hmm. you try to get some Jenna points outside mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. all those people mm-hmm. you, you can, they just, I mean, the day you don't give them, they, it erases everything else you've done for them anyway. So why keep, you know, yeah. so why bother? But yeah, that's it. All right, ladies till next time. Thanks. Thank you.